Welcome to VIP, Vancouver Island podcast, produced by VancouverIslandFreeDaily.com, providing islanders with news from home and around the world. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the PQB News and VI Free Daily, alongside Peter McCulley, publisher. And our guest today is well known as one of the founding partners of Quality Foods. He's been a supporter of many charities on the island over the years. He has a few classic cars, a marine business, and he and his partner John Briolo own the SS Minnow, the iconic boat from the 60s TV show Gilligan's Island. Welcome, Ken Shelley. Thanks for joining us today. Not a problem. My pleasure. Now, what year did you purchase the minnow, and how did you hear about it being for sale? Well, uh, Scotty Taylor, I had a boat also in Schooner Cove, and Scotty Taylor actually owned the, the SS minnow. We, uh, we got it in the fall of 2006, and he had put it for sale. And there was a bit of a rage in Schooner Cove that the boat might leave Schooner Cove for number one, but then there was some chat about it maybe even going to the U.S. And uh, the locals, especially down at, uh, at the marina, were a little uh, you know, anxious about that. So I had approached him a while back uh, before, he'd even, before I even knew it was for sale and said if he ever wanted to sell it, that I may be interested. You know, it just, uh, just lucked out that the, the deal that he had with the other folks didn't work out, and uh, we became the, the proud owner of uh, a boat we thought was in perfect shape that uh, really wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I know my partner, I asked him first before I actually got at Johnny there, and I said, uh, should, you know, should we get it? And he said, absolutely not. So that kind of gave me the idea that he really did want it. So I got it. What condition then was the boat in when you purchased it, and, and who did the restoration work? Well, physically, you couldn't really tell. It was, it's a wooden boat, so it's a 1964 wheeler. So... It's an all-wooden boat, and uh, Scotty had done some work, and uh, he had actually holed it also. He actually went around the island, and it's, it's definitely had its runarounds. It was, just, uh, it was just at that age that it needed to be sort of really, really looked at, the wiring and the plumbing and the, uh, just whatever you'd expect in a 50-year-old wooden boat. So when we started working on it, uh, we just started and said, you know what, the heck with it, we'll just take it right down to the gunnels and uh, start all over again. So for all intents and purposes, it, it's a, a brand new boat. Were you a big fan of Gilligan's Island growing up? Not really, no, no. I, was, I mean, I watched it. I think it was the only thing to watch, actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was no particular fan. So, Ken, when I was growing up, Gilligan's Island was um, not in reruns. <laughs> it, was a, it was a live show. So uh, the boat was 1964, I guess. It was yep. pr- practically a brand new boat. Yes, it was, yeah. So how many boats did they use? Well, they actually only had like three boats that they, that they used. Uh, one was a prop, just totally, uh, the one you saw, uh, you know, as that, when it was shipwrecked, that, that was really just a prop. And then there was another boat that they, that they uh, had, uh, and then initially they were going to use both of them, I, I think the story goes. And the one that I have is the one that you see leaving the marina. Okay. So it's it's the only one that's around now. And used in the subsequent movies which were which wrapped up the T V series, yes, I guess, as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. So you arranged for Don Wells, who played Marianne in the show, to make a few appearances with the Minnow. Yeah, yeah. We when we actually purchased the boat, it took about two years to actually renovate it. And in those two years Diana was uh I worked with Diana at the QF there. And she um, was asking her if she would ever come down and actually do anything with us in regards to the minnow. And Don Wells was very receptive. 
So we got her to do our 30th anniversary, which was 2013. I can't remember the, the math here, but I think Dawn was 74, 75 years old, and uh, she came. We, we'd advertised the fact that uh, we were going to have Marianne there at the QF, and if anyone knows the store, we had her in the, in the uh, downstairs calf, and the lineup went throughout the store, out the door, down Memorial, past the old schoolhouse, <laughs> and it stayed there wow. for eight hours. Did wow. not move. It just, one at a time, kept in there. There was growing men my age crying in the lines. They were giving her pre- presents. They were giving her tokens wow. of their appreciation of the show, and <laughs> women uh, were saying, thank you very much for you. You helped raise my kids. It was extraordinarily heartwarming. And, 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 and Dawn didn't, she didn't stop for a break. She didn't. And she talked and she signed every autograph with their name. She wasn't like they were, you know, made up in advance. She actually wrote them all out. And she did that for, you know, eight hours straight. I asked her, she had an agent. I said, you know, we got to give her a break. And it was the night of the fireworks. We were doing fireworks. And so none of our staff were able to, to get an autograph because she's, she's just too busy. At the end, um, you know, I said, well, you're, you're going to be tired now. So we have fireworks. But if you, if you want to come, you come and you can be our guest and, and she goes, yeah, I'll be there. What time? I said, well, it's 10 o'clock at night. And she goes, yeah, well, I'll be there. So we went and picked her up. I said, about another 200 people at the gathering signed every one of those autographs. She had brought so much stuff for to sign on. She got through that. Still about another 100 or so that, of our people that didn't really get a chance to get an autograph. So I, uh, I said to her, I said, maybe when you go home, or Diana, because Diana and her were pretty tight at this point, uh, said, maybe when you go home, maybe if you get a second, could you just, these are our staff members that didn't get a chance to catch you, and could you just write out a little, you know, autograph for them? Oh, absolutely, she said. Dropped her off at 11.30, 12 o'clock that night. Diana picked her up at 8 o'clock to take her flight back to Reno. The autographs were already signed. Wow. So she, she was a very powerful lady. Oh, wow, that's absolutely amazing. We're both kind of sitting here looking at each other. The minute was used for sightseeing tours and fundraising for charities like the Oceanside Hospice Society. Can you talk a little bit about that usage? When I had QF, if we were doing Chamber of Commerce dues or whatever like that, I would, I would put it in there and they would have silent auctions on it or they would have you know, actual auctions on it. That was our way of contributing back to the community. And we had a minimum value that you'd have to bid. It was like 2500 bucks, And then the whole 2500 bucks went to charity that we were doing or the, or the charity that they were doing. It could go for... Some of the times that's all it went for. And there was times it went for $12,000. The charity that hosted it would get 100% of the money. And in our role, it would be to represent quality foods. We would serve our deli trays. Diana and myself were the ones that uh, did the hosting. Diana is a gracious host. And uh, she made sure that the guests were well uh, taken care of. We served uh, uh, beautiful wines, foods from the grocery store. And uh, they usually came on happy and they had to get helped off happier. <laughs> we did that for eight years, I guess. Did you do three-hour tours? Like, well, yeah, it's three hours. Sometimes <laughs> they, the idea was three hours, but sometimes they lasted a little longer. Every single time, we wouldn't know the guests. We didn't know who they were going to be. And uh, lots of times they'd come and we've just, now we got, now we got new friends. They, the boat itself was very appealing to the people that got it, and they, they got really involved. Some of them got dressed up. I swear to God, you couldn't tell 
they weren't Gilligan or, or the captain. They, they got dressed up in all the garb. The gals got dressed up like Marianne and Ginger. We were always wondering, okay, when they come, what's it going to be like? But they all had some role that they wanted to play on the boat. So we got engaged with it, and uh, it was a three-hour tour. It turned into six or eight hours, but... Did any other members of the show or celebrities in general seek out the boat when it, it got around that the boat was uh, seaworthy and operational? No, surprisingly enough, none of them were on that boat. So surprisingly, uh, Marianne's first time on the boat was her first time on the boat. <laughs> so, uh, and, and she was, uh, uh, she was crying. She was, uh, there's a, actually, I think I sent you guys a picture of her on the boat. She was like just in awe with it. But none of the other uh, characters uh, did, no. You mentioned, Ken, that um, when you had some of these tours, fundraising tours, people were getting character for that. So what was their reaction? Because obviously some of these people must have been fans of the show or they grew up with it. And so now they're seeing the minnow for the first time. You know, when we first got it and we, and we, because I moved it around from different areas on the island, to, you know, to all the boat shows, to all the festivals, to any of the community that was doing something for community, we'd move to Powell River, Comox, everywhere. The best part about having anything to do with that boat is the people that would come and swear they would be crying. They would want us to sit on the boat, stand on the boat. People in our vintage would bring their kids and tell them all about it. Uh, they'd bring their grandkids and they'd get pictures with their grandkids. Lots of times the gates were closed at the marina, so they would, you would see literally two or 300 people behind the gates waiting to come down the gangway. And... Uh, I got it. Was so emotional. It was. It's. It was so many people that were tied to that show. You just. You just couldn't believe it. I'll give you another example. I asked her to do the boat show in 2015 in Vancouver, and we brought the boat to the Vancouver boat show, and we and we brought it in dry. It's a wood boat. Doesn't like to be dry. It likes to be wet. Likes to be in the water. We made arrangements to have Don show up to the boat show. Well, to this day. They've never had a boat show that had that many people come to their boat show. On Wednesday, she was asked us to do Wednesday. And again, she brought all her stuff, and she was only supposed to do it till Wednesday. That was it. So I met up to her for dinner, and she said, we didn't get through all the people. They had to leave. And I said, well, I said, well, what do you want? She said, I wouldn't mind doing it again. I said, well, you know, you're not getting paid a lot of money. I said, well, I'll phone. We'll get you paid here. This is, this is crazy. Sure enough, they paid her a lot more money. She worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it turned out to be the largest show, boat show has had, well, since that day for sure. She finished that and then went to uh, the, uh, Timmy's Telethon. I don't know whether you know, but she was one of the first people to do the Telethon in Vancouver back in the day. She was very charity-driven. What is it about nostalgia that you think that interests us so much? I think those times were pretty, I mean, you watch that show, it it was pretty risque compared to, you know, some of the things. It was just honest, good humor, quirky, fashion. You saw a lot of fashion. She was the very first lady to show her belly button. Uh, she got in trouble for it. Um, we missed the times where you could sit in the television show and laugh over something stupid. Predictably, something's going to go wrong, and it's stupid, <laughs> and you laugh. And you're wondering, they can do all this stuff but they can't get off the island. It just doesn't seem a whole pile. And <laughs> we, so, were, we were talking about that the other day, Philip and I, when we knew that you were coming in. And uh, Philip said, you know, if the professor could build a radio out of coconuts, how come he couldn't fix a hole in a boat? You might wonder that, yeah. So uh, it was, I think those, all those shows those back in the day were just like that. And, and she had a bunch of stories. The other th interesting thing is 
That was the last show not get paid for syndication. When they shut the show down, they got no residuals. That's why it's the longest running show to this day, because it was they didn't have to pay anybody. It was that show that's that created the need to make sure that if any show was long running, would have residuals to their to their to their actors and stuff. So, but she got a check back then. They all got the same check, fifty thousand dollars, and that was it. So those shows are run across every country in, in the world and still in all languages and still run. From the time we're recording this, mm-hmm. Dawn passed away a few weeks ago, and uh, she had been doing her own fishing show. Yeah. Don's Real Adventures, I think it was mm-hmm. called. And she was asked about the uh, fact that they weren't paid residuals. And she, she said, yes, we weren't paid anything. And the fellow who owned the rights to the show made $90 million. She made mention of that. She used different words. <laughs> <laughs> more descriptive. <laughs> Way more descriptive. <laughs> Ken, can you tell us a little bit about what else you have on the go today? I really don't have a lot on the go compared to when we were at the food store. Uh, I mean, I miss the uh, I miss the, the working with the people I was working with. I totally miss the customers, and so now keep myself busy is is, is challenging. I mean, I just uh, find myself having a lot of extra time. But we uh, almost finished building the Despard new quality food store, so I'm involved in uh, in the uh, the design and building of the, that store, and that's coming to a, a pretty good end. I love the water. I love boating. I got involved in, um, they're called sea legs, and I bring these from uh, New Zealand. And these boats have the ability to go on land and on the water. Unbelievable boat. They're a rib and or a cabin. And um, and we're building uh, condos in uh, Qualicum and here in Parksville, too. And, you know, just trying to keep myself somewhat busy. Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Totally my pleasure. Yeah, anytime. That's this edition of VIP, Vancouver Island Podcast, produced by VancouverIslandFreeDaily.com. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, VancouverIslandFreeDaily.com.